Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, the efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each of us. Peace be with you. Friends, the story of the healing of blind Bartimaeus is a spiritual icon of enormous power. Now, first of all, as Richard Balcom, who's one of my favorite Bible scholars, and many others have argued, that the very use of this man's proper name is a strong indication of the historicity of the event. So people who are encountering Jesus aren't always named. Think of the rich young man, for example. But here, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, is clearly named. See, people vividly remembered what Jesus did. And keep in mind that it was carried on by an oral tradition before it was written down. And Bartimaeus himself might have survived until the writing of the first gospel. He would have been around to confirm this story. My point here is, this is a real event. Nevertheless, in the artful telling of St. Mark, the story emerges as an icon, as a symbolic itinerary of the spiritual life. And that's why it behooves us to look at it in great detail. The setting of the narrative is Jericho. Now, you're a first century um, Jew, and a story is set in Jericho. Immediately, that's meant to trigger associations in your mind. Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho. As the Israelites come into the Promised Land, they have to deal with this enemy city. Remember, they march around it liturgically with the Ark of the Covenant. They blow the trumpet, and then down come the walls of Jericho. Well, all that is richly evocative, isn't it? It's precisely by the prayer and liturgy of Israel that the dark power of the world is conquered. Okay, so when you say Jericho, right away people are thinking, okay, the city of sin, a city standing athwart the purposes of God. So we might say Jericho stands for the culture that poisons the mind and the heart. It stands, if you want, for the culture that produces spiritual blindness, the inability to see the deepest truth of things. I can't help but think, in our, again, increasingly secularized society, secularism is a kind of blindness, isn't it? The secular eyes see the world, sure, in all its different dimensions, but they don't see the depth dimension, the dimension of the first cause the spiritual, the transcendent dimension. So it's a kind of spiritual blindness produced by a culture. So blind Bartimaeus sitting by the walls of Jericho, well, in some ways that's a lot of people today. He's a symbol of all of us, sunk in a blindness caused by the world and culture that we inhabit. Now, his first great virtue is that he begs. He hears about Jesus, and he begins to shout and to beg, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, have pity on me. 
we live in a culture of self-affirmation and self-assertion. I'm beautiful in every single way. Your words can't get me down. That's a song that we hear. Bartimaeus knows that he's blind and furthermore knows there's nothing he can do to solve his own problem. Very important moment, everybody, in the spiritual life when we realize our own helplessness in the face of our sin. Here, you know, I've said this before, but the 12-step programs are really useful spiritually. When someone in an addiction has hit bottom, he or she realizes, look, there's nothing I can do. I can't solve this problem. I've got to turn my life over to a higher power, right? Well, see, all sin is addictive. And so we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. That's a very interesting spiritual space to be in when you sing that song. You're not singing, I'm okay and you're okay, and I'm beautiful in every way. You're singing, I'm helpless. Of course, we echo Bartimaeus, don't we, at the beginning of every Mass when we say, Kyrie eleison, Lord, have pity on me. Bartimaeus says in Mark, eleison me, see, have mercy on me. We commence the Mass with a keen awareness of our blindness and of our incapacity to save ourselves. We're then told now, return to the story, that many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. This is sadly typically the case. Don't think for a second that the majority of people will support you when you turn to Christ, especially in our hyper-secularized time. Don't think people will applaud you when you start begging to a higher spiritual power. It'll strike a lot of people today as weird, medieval, maybe a little bit embarrassing. I mean, just come on, help yourself and get on with it. So the opposition of the crowd here is very illuminating to me and uh, very much of a lively reality. But we hear Bartimaeus kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. The second great virtue of Bartimaeus is persistence. I find it fascinating how often the Bible insists upon perseverance in prayer. Perhaps Augustine saw it most clearly when he said that this persistence causes the heart to expand so as to receive what God wants to give. It's wonderful, isn't it? If God immediately answered all of our prayers, well, we wouldn't be ready to receive what he wants to give. It's as though the heart has to be, has to be expanded so it can take in what God wants to give. And some of that expansion is caused by waiting. Bartimaeus keeps at it. And so, as Jesus said, ask, seek, knock, and then ask and seek and knock again and again. We then hear Jesus stopped and said, call him. First of all, look at Jesus stopping for a second. Many times in Mark's gospel, Jesus is presented as the still point in a chaotic world. They came at him from all sides. He's like the central still point, and then people are drawn to him. Or he remained sleeping in the stern of the boat. 
as the chaotic storm surges around him. Jesus is the still point. Think of that when you're lost, you find yourself in a chaotic moment of life. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Then that wonderful detail of the call. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus calls people. He summons them. We are the sheep who are supposed to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. And, of course, the term in the New Testament for church is ecclesia, right? Our words ecclesiastical and so on come from that. Well, ecclesia is derived from the word kalein, which means to call. What is the church but the assembly of those who've been called by Christ into intimacy with him? So Bartimaeus is evocative of anybody, many listening to me right now, aware of their own sin, blindness, and incapacity, who are calling out. There's a lot of people, I'm willing to wager, listening right now to me, who identify deeply with this, who call out, help me, and who then are hearing the summons of Jesus to come into the church, into the ecclesia. Jesus called him. The wager is, now listen, that the church is the place where your vision will be restored. See, if the world has blinded you, the world's like Jericho, the church is this new reality, this new community, where you're going to rec- restore, recover your vision. Again, why it's so tragic today that so few are responding to the call. We then hear, he threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. The throwing off of the cloak is a reference to baptism. For that's precisely what someone did in the ancient church when he approached the font for baptism. They would see his street clothes as symbolic of the old life, his old form of life. And so he would strip off his street clothes and then be plunged down into the waters of baptism and then clothed in a white garment. Well, there's Bartimaeus, who's been kaleod, he's been called into the ecclesia. He's now throwing off his old life. Again, people listening to me right now, maybe there's some of you who are thinking, I'm just burdened by my old life. Good, throw it off, throw it off. Christ is calling you to something deeper. Then Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? It's one of the handful of times, they're all very important, when Jesus directly asks someone this kind of question. And I've always recommended, move into that space. You're Bartimaeus now. You're kneeling down before the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to him as he says to you, what do you want me to do for you? Well, that's a really clarifying question. What would you say? What would you say? Right now, the Lord's in front of you and says, what do you want me to do for you? Think of the two disciples of John 
who follow after Jesus, and the Lord turns around. What do you seek, he says. Same thing, good question. Or the Lord's words to those who came to arrest him. Whom are you looking for? Okay, what do you want? What do you want? Bartimaeus' answer is magnificent. Master, I want to see. Now, we should read it on the literal level. He does, he wants to see physically. But also now on the symbolic level. He wants what we all want, namely to see things as they really are, to know the deepest truth of things, to know where he's going. So much of life today is like drifting along without purposeful movement. He wants to see. The Lord tells him, your faith has saved you. Beautiful, isn't it? In a word, your trust and confidence in God has healed you. That's what saved means here. Now we know where spiritual blindness comes from. The word saved, as I say, has the sense of healing. What's making us sick is our closed attitude regarding the transcendent reality of God. And then finally, having regained his sight, he immediately followed him on the way. What's that? That's confident discipleship now. He's gone through several stages from spiritual blindness to this openness to Christ, and then resisting the crowd, and then being called, and then answering the question the right way, and then recovering his sight within the life of the church. He now knows where he's going. Friends, spend a little time today with this beautiful passage from St. Mark. You'll see in it the whole of the spiritual life. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.